And welcome to Reliving My Youth, the show where we look back at pop culture from the 70s, 80s, and 90s. My name is Noel Fogelman, and today we're going to focus on The Party, the band from the early 90s that came out of the Mickey Mouse Club. I had a chance to speak with one of its members, the very talented Jason Hampton. He filled me in about how The Party got started, his time on the Mickey Mouse Club, and what he's doing now. And helping me relive my youth today is Chase and Hampton. Chase, how are you today? Hey, hey, hey. I'm good, man. Good, man. Happy to be here. Yeah, so um, we'll, we'll you know, reminisce in a sec, but I just want to catch up with what you're doing now. Oh, my God. What am I doing now? Is, uh, uh, I've waited a little long to start a family, but um, I finally bit the bullet and uh, married my longtime sweetheart five years ago. Um, a girl I met actually uh, on the show uh, in first season. Yeah, Lisa, uh, right? <laughs> which is crazy. And we kept in touch all this time. We weren't together all the time, but we had always kept in touch and, and been buddies and always been with different people. But finally got together and I said, you know what, I'm ready to leave L.A. I've been in L.A. for like 23 years and so I'm in Boston now and uh, going to Berkeley and we just had our first daughter. Oh, that's great. Congrats. So that's, uh, that's keeping me extremely busy. <laughs> yeah, I, I have I have two. I know very well. <laughs> I wish I hadn't waited so long, but you know, it's just I'm glad I waited for the right person. So it's one of those things. Yeah, that that's awesome. You, you know, you you know when the time is right, and uh, just it, it, kids keep you in shape. That's all I have to say. <laughs> <laughs> keep us younger. <laughs> yeah, totally, totally. Now you said you mentioned you met her on the show. Um, your kind of audition was pretty crazy on that show, wasn't it? Uh, it was. Actually, I didn't audition for the, sh- the show. Right, it was for a movie, right? I auditioned, I auditioned for the movie, and uh, Why Because We Like You was the name of that, and Disney Studios was putting that on uh, back in 89, and then there was a huge writer strike uh, that happened, and um, all, the, all of everybody's favorite shows shut down. They started playing reruns. And uh, like the show kind of stalled out, but to to get to that point, um, they, had done, they had done a nationwide search, um, and I'm from Oklahoma, so my parents, my dad got a random phone call like late night and said, hey, you know, you need to take your son to um, Dallas tomorrow to the mall, <laughs> and they're having an audition, you know, for Disney. And my dad's like, okay, and he still doesn't even remember who that was, which is funny. Um, but my mom took me out of school the next day, drove me down there, checked into the hotel. Actually, we went down there that night. Let me back up. We went down there that night, checked into the hotel about 1 a.m., and the, this is the best part. Of, this is the best part, and this is how life works. This is right here. As I was checking in, I'm in my jams. I don't know if you remember wearing jams. Oh, God, yeah. <laughs> so I was wearing my jams. I was with loud, loud-ass clothing, you know, just kind of like, okay. But it was still one in the morning. I had my little boom box, you know, that had my cassette tapes right. practicing so I could sing the next day and all my practice material and my costumes over my shoulder. And kind of straggling in at the other side of the lobby was the casting directors. They had just come in from drinking at a bar. <laughs> and they yelled across, like, hey, are you here for the Mickey Mouse Club audition? <laughs> and uh, I was like, yeah, of course I am. And they were, like, they were like, well, we're the casting directors. And I was like, well, hey, I'm ready to go right now. <laughs> and I'll never forget it. And they were like, ah, we'll see you tomorrow. We'll see you tomorrow. But they thought it was funny that I was like, hey, I'll go right now, you know. Right. And um, the next day, 
I can't remember how many hundreds back I was because there was like six, seven hundred people there. And uh, I finally got in, and they remembered me from the night before. And I just kept thinking, I'm like, you want me to sing? Like, sure. You want me, do you want me to dance? They're like, if you can dance. I'm like, okay. They said, can you sing and dance? And uh, and they said, have to take this script, and as you're tap dancing, um, you know, read read off the lines. I'm like, okay, you know. And he was like, holy cow, okay, right on. He's like, well, come around the come around the table and sit with me, and let's call in the next people. So all of a sudden, I never came out of the room. So my mom was like, where the hell is my kid? <laughs> like, you know, so six or seven people come in after you know and leave, and then she pokes her head and she's like, I'm just checking on my son. And he's like, oh, no, no, he's good. He's here with me. We're auditioning people. Everything's good. And then they dumped me off into the next room and. They were doing an Entertainment Tonight interview, and it was just like, all of a sudden, just overnight, just like that, just kind of like, okay, something's going to happen. Uh, and I went back to school for a little while, and all of a sudden got a telegram from, like, the principal or something, you know, saying, you know, you're on your way to, you're on your way to Hollywood. And uh, but because of that writer's strike, they, they canceled that whole production, which was really sad. Right. Um, but, you know, of course, luck for us. Disney MGM Studios was opening up. They were opening up that park and the studios to compete with Universal. Right. And they they wanted a full time set there. There was a lot of other productions that came in: Teen Winners Draw, Muppets Wrestling. You know, uh, Hulk Hogan had a show up in there. Um, trying to think of all the crazy shows that were in there, but we were like a full time set. And I think they really wanted to build our experience more for the touring people or more for the people that were there in the park. Right. I think it was more of a, a show for the park rather than like the Disney Channel. And this is my, my own theory. Um, but then, they, you know, we were obviously on the Disney Channel, but um, it sold really well. And they knew that by all the subscriptions that Disney Channel were getting because it was a subscription-based service then. Yeah. So, so they could tell the popularity of their show by the floods of subscriptions because they would put it out on free preview week and then all of a sudden they'd get all these subscriptions and um, it just took off, you know, and I think it was such a great inclusive place for so many kids who maybe didn't feel a part of the norm that could come home and sit there and, and know that at 5.30 we were going to be there for them. Yeah, and it was... Like, you know, it's pretty cool. Yeah, and... Good way to grow up. Yeah, I, I can imagine, but so like... I mentioned like you guys obviously were tutored on set. Now, how different was that compared? Because you you went to school for up until what you were probably fourteen. Um. Yeah. Probably thirteen. Um. And I was an alright student, but like at school, I wasn't. Uh, you know, I was just kind of the kind of the redhead in the corner. I, mean, I wasn't like Mister Popular or anything like that. I had done the talent show you know, occasionally, but, you know, I wasn't, like, the jock or anything, so it was, you know, it was interesting to kind of have all that turn around overnight, but uh, the schooling situation, we, they had trailers there for us and tutors, and basically when you're on set, you have to do three hours a day by law. Okay. Uh, and it doesn't have to be in a row, so even though you're like, oh, only three hours, cool, and then you're out. Yeah, this sounds cool, but, like, you have to keep, they keep dragging your ass back to the school trailer if you haven't had your three hours, because... You know, it's by law, you have to have that three hours. Um, and, and at that time, we were doing a show a day, which for most 
for most shows, is impossible. I don't even know how we did it. You know, so that means you wake up in the morning and and you do, you go to school maybe like 7.30, 8 o'clock in the morning. And during that time, you're being pulled out at various, at various moments to do uh, voiceovers for the show or some B-roll footage, or they might take you into the park to do some B-roll footage right. or like a pre-shoot that they're going to add into the show. You might go rehearse a skit in front of the director. You might go sing a song that's going to be for one of the shows later on that week. And then they take you back to school, and then you eat lunch. But then, you know, at a certain time, the audience is coming in, and you're going to start doing camera blocking for the show you're doing today that you rehearsed yesterday. You know, some of these skits had 25 pages in them or so. So it's like, and you're trying to do school, you know, and take it seriously. And it was just kind of a, a mess of the mind. I don't even know how we did it. Like, I look at some of those scripts now, and I'm like, how in the world do we remember all that? You know, knowing that today we're rehearsing tomorrow's show, but yet I still have to remember today's show. And then all the schoolwork. It was nuts, because most shows in L.A., they don't do that. They rehearse all week. They get the script on Monday. They have a nice little relaxing table read, and everybody relaxes and laughs drinks their coffee <laughs> they start doing wardrobe things all week long they rehearse and all week long they do whatever they need to do with school or whatever and then at the end of the week they'll pull in the audience and do their show so towards the end of the season like towards like probably four or five six those seasons they started relaxing the schedule more to where we weren't doing a show a day and they were rerunning a lot of the older episodes in those other days. I think they were only giving you a new show on a Thursday or something like that. I can't okay. remember exactly. But for a long time, it was a show a day, like a soap opera. I mean, it was nuts. Yeah, that's... It was really nuts. Yeah, that's pretty taxing. And then I can imagine, like, you guys doing that five days a week and going, you know, after a couple of years, going, touring with the party. Yeah, and that was 24 hours a day, too. You know, that never... That never ended. All of a sudden, it's almost like they were throwing darts at a, at a board. Like, okay, you're going to Hawaii. Okay, now we need you in Colorado. Hey, we're gonna we're gonna send you on the Concorde to Paris. And you're just like, what? 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 And you just, it sounds so exciting, but we were so exhausted. Right. Just dragging, <laughs> dragging us around. I mean, don't get me wrong. We had the time of our lives. And and in a way, I you know I think about this now because I have a child. <clears throat> I truly got a better education because the tutors would tour with us and they just we had young tutors straight out of college and they were like we're going to make this the most, you know we're going to make this as fun as we can so like you know if you're learning about the liberty bell we were at the liberty bell or like you know if we were if we were at a place they would kind of put that into our curriculum to where we could we could go put our hands on it and really remember it and learn you know right party we're throwing tea off the, the constitution you know whatever you know it's like you know, China, we're on the wall, you know, it's like wherever, wherever we were, we really made a point to like, the tutors made a point to put us, put us in some historical places and, um, and really kind of further our education in that way. I think, I think it really helped us. Yeah, that, that's great because it's so much better than just seeing it, you know, kind of stock photo in a, in a textbook. You're, you're there, yeah. you, you know, you can... Drooling on your, drooling on your, you know, book waiting for the the bell to ring. I mean, I've been there. I mean, I went to, I went to junior high. Right. 
And then there was a time when they tried to make us go back to school. They wanted to see if we could, they could incorporate us back into school. And that didn't work at all. Yeah, I can imagine. Um, the girls were kind of messing with us and chasing us around. And then the, the guys were, you know, more, not bullying, but like, you know. Of course, the jealous. Yeah, the mouth song down the, you know, they're more jealous that the girls are like acting silly and it was a, it was kind of more of a distraction to everybody, so they said it didn't work. Right. <laughs> so we we ended up getting tutored all the way out, um, which was you know an amazing experience, and we can only be thankful to Disney for that. They they took care of us for that. But that's good. Yeah, I'm a I'm a fellow cast member too. I used to work at ESPN. <laughs> oh, nice. Yeah. Yeah. Nice. Yeah. So you know, we go back all the time, and you know people ask, "Do you have free passes?" And we did for a long time, but, um, you know, we don't now. Right, I know. We pay, we pay for them every year, and, you know, no special perks. It's just, you know, I know a lot of people there and could get in. Right. But but we pay and we support it, and, you know, they've been extremely good to us. Yeah, I, I, had, I had that for years. You know, took, I was able to take my son once, and then, I mean, I, I went a few times before I had kids, but then when I didn't work there, I took my two kids, and it's like, how does a family afford afford to do this every year? It's pretty crazy. Yeah. Yeah. So now, when they decided to create the band, how did they, like, pick U5? Um, a lot of people ask that, and I don't actually know the real truth to that. There's right. a lot. You know, Damon and Albert and I were the, kind of the older ones. We kind of clicked outside of the show as well as within the show. I mean, if you watch the Indians, we were always together dancing and we were always palling around together. Um, and we we were very much into like, yo, MTV raps. Yeah. Like, <laughs> and being a little more hardcore than we were or, they, or we were allowed to be. Right. So we would wear like, you know, our Jordans with the tags on them. <laughs> we'd wear our snapback hats with the tags on them. <laughs> but we got some like custom hats called three in a hole and we were calling ourselves three in a hole we were, right. you know we gotta we gotta get out of this hole we're three in a hole <laughs> and we were just so, it was so stupid you know i mean we were just being teenagers of course so we got these hats made and we were wearing them around telling everybody we were going to be in a band and i don't know if anybody heard that it was like hey that's actually a good idea we should offshoot these kids into a band or they just thought if we get rid of five we'll bring in ten and that'll bring in right even even more talent and more people to kind of feel um, familiar to, although it, it just doubles their headaches because you have to bring in the parents and you have to yeah. educate them, and it's right. <laughs> it's you know, I don't know, or maybe they, you know they wanted to sign them under tighter contracts. I, I don't know. There's so many like thought processes, but if you look at some of the dance numbers on the Mickey Mouse Club, there were some numbers that included like everybody, but like or like Tiffany, Dee Dee, Damon. Albert and Rocky, or like you'll see like Brandy instead of Tiffany. You would see these odd groupings of five during that time in certain dance numbers, and one might not include me, or one might not include Tiffany, or one might not include Dee Dee. And I, I look back at those now and I think, well, I wonder if they were looking at those thinking like, okay, what's the best pairing? Mm, you know? Yeah. Um, but eventually we went and did the Ace Awards in L.A., and they got us upstairs, and they said, here's what we're going to do. You know, you guys are going to be in this band, and we're signing you to Hollywood Records. And it's a brand-new label. You guys are going to be the first band on the label. And they had just bought Queen, so Queen was on the label as well, which is pretty cool. Yeah, definitely. 
before, before pre Wayne's World, right? You know, Freddie Mercury's death, of course. Um, so that was cool, and um, but at the same time, it, you know, we were a little bit experimental because there wasn't a it was a new company, it was a brand new. They were just getting off, the, you know, getting their respect in the industry for being a major label. So that was interesting too, because they were just kind of throwing money at it, and then all of a sudden they're like, "Who do you want to work with?" We're like. Uh, well, we want to work with Dr. Dre. Yeah, right, might as well. <laughs> and we're all sitting on the couch, and all of a sudden he's like, all right, hold on one second. And all of a sudden he's like, Easy, you there? Oh, wow. We want a conference call with Easy. You know, I was like, yeah, what up, what up, Peter? Oh. And I'm just like, what's happening right now? This yeah. is nuts. Right. You know, and then he, then he transfers us over to Suge, Suge Knight, you know, and then all yeah. of a sudden we're with Drift. Yeah, and then we did the same thing with Teddy Riley. He's like, oh, I'm working with Whitney and Bobby right now, but I'm going to bring you guys in for a week. It's just like, wow, this is fantasy land. You know, this is amazing. So having that real-life experience is just priceless to me. Yeah. It's, it's priceless. So that's the kind of stuff that, you know, no one could ever take away. It's pretty awesome. Yeah, that is awesome. And you guys, you know, like you said before, toured around the world, and you opened for, like, Vanilla Ice, I think, Taylor Dane. Uh, I remember seeing you guys. We probably would have even done more overseas, but at that time there was, you know, the, I think there was the Kuwaiti War. There right. Were other, other things that were preventing us from going back to Europe and to Asia at that time. That's when we were really hitting over there. We were doing Jakarta and uh, Singapore and uh, Korea. It was, it, was, it was a lot of fun. Right. I loved Asia. That was amazing. Yeah, that's great. Never been, you know, always wanted to go. <laughs> I, I mean, uh, Europe's amazing too, but like, I just, for some reason, I just, I don't know, I just really related to like, the mysteriousness of the, the Asian culture, and not the Hong Kong, not like the cityscapes, you know, right. not like the real big city, but like, you know, the Buddhist temples, and like, you know, the old school, you know, the Great Wall of China is one of the coolest things you could ever see, I think, it's just amazing. Yeah, I can imagine. Have, have you gone back t- since then? Oh, no, I wish, no, I wish. Yeah. Yeah. So with with. I wish. Yeah, yeah that that'd be a lot of fun. So with with the band, um, like you guys kind of rotated, you know, doing lead vocals and stuff like that. Did you also write any of your songs? I mean, I know you covered a bunch, but did you write any of the songs? I mean, in the beginning, they signed us and they literally made us extremely manufactured. We looked like a manufactured. We looked as manufactured as you could get. Right. Um, but what people didn't realize is that, you know, because we were from the Mickey Mouse Club, they had, we had, we were groomed. We were like, we were so tight and our talent was so tight. People other just didn't give us a chance. Like back then, if radio found out we were with Disney, they would literally throw the tape away. (laughs) So we would, they would send our stuff to DJs, Black Label, um, and make them play it without telling them who who it was or our pic, we didn't have our cheesy pictures on the front. It was white cover, black label, you know, check this out, demo purpose only, you know, a lot of heat right now, blah, 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 because it, it, that's just the way it was. Now that's all changed because Brittany and Christina and Justin and Ryan and all these people continue to break. You know, now being on the Mickey Mouse Club is a badge of honor. But when I first got to Hollywood after the party and got my agent, my manager and stuff, they, they literally took it off. They were like, this isn't, yeah, this isn't like, nah, mm. But now it's a conversation piece. It could literally open the door. Like, what? You want to make your mouth blah, blah, Come on right. Yeah. You know, so it's yeah. funny how that the atmosphere changes like this. No, of course. Now, you you weren't on the show with them, right? You came back and like hosted with Tiffany, right? 
hosted with Tiffany, and that was when um, Ryan, Justin, Brittany, Christina, yeah, all those guys were there. So yeah, it was a trip. Right. They were little, little small. Yeah. <laughs> they were so tiny. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> little little musketeers. I think I have a uh, Ace Ventura skit that's floating around on YouTube with Ryan Gosling. It's him and I, and. It was Brace Ventura. Instead of Ace Ventura, he had lost his braces. <laughs> right. <laughs> it was like, you know, the skit was Brace Ventura. But if you find it, that's one of those skits that I'm talking about. It's got to be 25, 30 pages long, you know. And, and we filmed that show live. So when we'd film it, you know, if you messed up, you, you know. you got to keep going. <laughs> uh, yeah, you keep going. And they would film it twice during the week. Uh, once we started doing that season, like where they would rehearse more. Um, and it wasn't a show a day, but we would do, we would film that show twice and they would take the best of, uh, the best of the two. Yeah. But and that, that's one of those I look at and I'm like, how in the hell did I remember all that? Yeah. It's all the, phys- the physicalness. Yeah, I'm even out of breath in it. Um, but it's funny to see those guys so tiny and to see, you know, Ryan towers over me now. Yeah. I'm not <laughs> short, but he's super tall. Right. Justin too. Just, Justin's super tall too. Yeah. Are you surprised, like, uh, like about their success, or like one person in particular, or you you figured all of them would pretty much hit it? I, uh, any of those people in the Mickey Mouse Club could hit it. You know, it's just it's a matter of luck. It's being in the matter, of being in the right place at the right time. You know, having the right songs under your belt at that moment. I mean, there's just so many factors that weigh into it. But you know, the chances of those people breaking it, you know, are are higher than most because. They spent their whole entire childhood getting ready for it, you know. They have a, a backpack full of tools ready to, to make them great. You know, they can dance, they can sing, they can they can do good interviews, they look good, they know how to, you know, be in public, you know, for the most part. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know, it happens, but um, there's so many talented ones. And, you know, beyond the point, at some point it's luck. Is basically, I think, my answer for you. Um, so, you know, it, it can still happen to anybody or any time, at any time. Um, and I think all those guys, you know, kind of know that at that point. Um, but there's so many talent. I mean, I mean Matt, I'll get three, Matt Morris right there. You know, he's not the most well-known name, but, you know, a lot of people would argue with me, you know, because, because they do know him and they do revere him as like one of the best singers on the planet. Right. You know, and he's written some amazing songs. He's written for Christina, he's written for Cher. Um, and now he's a preacher at a church. <laughs> <laughs> you know, these people continue to like just grab onto challenges and rise to the top and succeed in things they want to do. It's pretty awesome. You know, we, there was a lot of awesome people there. And then, you know, outside of that, the crew, a lot of these crew people, that was their first job. So they would come to the Mickey Mouse Club and uh, they might have been their first or second time ever directing or, you know, now these, a lot of these guys have gone on to do amazing things. Like one of the guys is the director for The Talk. Okay. Um, that, daily, that daily talk show. Right. He's our first director. Um, one guy who, was, who literally was the art director for The Props went on to direct, write, and produce The Blair Witch Project. Oh, wow. You know, and, uh, and there's, I mean, I, there's so many, I can't, I'm like drawing a blank right now, but there's so many like that that are just so random. You know, the, the hair people have gotten Emmys um, for other, you know, Disney productions they've done or 
Um, but it's just nuts. You know, Josh went off camera, and he's a producer director, and I think he does like uh, South Beach Toe. And I want to say he does Tiny Houses. Okay. Um, does some other. I mean, I, I could look that up, but he's you know he does very well, and it's just really great to see everybody kind of stay in their field and um, you know do that. I, I went on to teaching and. When I was in California, spending a lot of my time, I went. I went to a music director at a school, and uh, some of the best times of my life was kind of you know, giving all that knowledge back and mentoring kids and putting them in shows. And and now I got kids on tour. You know, one 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 of my bands at Coachella. One of my bands was on tour with Stone Temple Pilots a couple years ago. Oh, wow. which band? Um, it's nuts, you know. Uh, Book of Shadows was on Coachella. Okay. Um. Diane Coffee is another band. He's he's doing really well. Um, but there's a number of them that are just out really slamming it. Like, you know, I look at their Facebook, Facebook, Instagrams, and it's just, you know, quadruple mine. <laughs> like, holy cow, look at right. these guys. They're, they're swinging. Like, they, they know. Like, they're on, their, they're on top of their generation, and people are watching them, and it's just great. I think there's another guy from Big Time Rush. I'm drawing a blank on his name. But oh, yeah. The singer's a Big Time. He's out playing, and so one of my students is playing guitar for him, and he also has another band, too. Uh, I think that kid's going to break out. Um, but there's just so many that, like, at any time, they could break out. And that's including the Mickey Mouse Club. I mean, Jen, Jen McGill is one of the, you know, seriously, one of the best singers on the planet. Right. Um, you know, she's chosen her path. She's doing Christian music, so... You're either into it or you're not, but there's a lot of, yeah, it's not really, it's more spiritual too, you know, it's not It's not like in your face, so people might not give her a chance before they even listen to it, but I mean, I, I'm going to tell you, you know, she'll knock your socks off, and she's still swinging, you know, I wouldn't be surprised if she walks away with some, some big awards right. at some point. Now, are you... Um, Rocky's another one, I mean, Rocky, Rocky's doing stand-up comedy now, she's one of the best singers I've ever heard. She's doing stand-up comedy. I'm just like, <laughs> I love it. Yeah. Are you are you surprised that they haven't like uh, kind of rebooted the show? Uh, we we've, we've tried so many times to kind of get that seed going, but um, what companies like that do is they, you know, the people that did our version and did our whole generation, they're all gone. They're all in different companies now. Most of those people don't still stay around. They kind of go and they sweep the floor. Right. And then they hire all new younger people. And those people kind of create their own versions of a generation's hit. You know, maybe like the high school musical. Or, you know, now I think they're doing a reboot. And they're saying it's called The Club. I'm not sure if you know about that. Oh, no. <laughs> so they're doing a Mickey Mouse Club reboot. They're calling it the Mickey Mouse Club reboot. But, you know, I'm curious to see what it'll be like. But it's going to be way different. And I think it'll be more um, people who write their own songs, kids, YouTube stars, stuff like that. Right. Um, so it'll be interesting, but they're only going to do those. They're not even going to be 30 minutes long. They're going to be like five-minute oh, like five little things. Little you know, they're yeah. gonna be, um, it's going to be a Facebook channel. So they're appealing to you know the youth now who don't have the same kind of attention span as we did. Right, of course. <laughs> Me personally, I'm trying to get together uh, a tour 
um, that'll happen within the next couple of years. Uh, and not a, not a big tour, but, you know, select cities and get as many of the old show members as I can. And uh, I don't know if you've ever seen Lindsay's show, but Lindsay has an amazing show called Blood, Sweat, and Musketeers. Oh, yeah, I've heard of and it, yeah. It's incredible. Like, I mean, you'll be crying, laughing, crying in your emotions. I mean, he, she takes you through everything. You know, she takes you through the whole show, and she does it in a very adult way, which is hilarious. Right. She was the youngest baby on the show, you know, so it's just kind of funny to see it. Um, but we'd like to help her put that show out uh, to other cities and then also attach, like, uh, other members of the show to kind of show up and perform uh, and be there and do some signings and panels and photo ops and stuff like that. And eventually in 2019, of course, we're going to have our 30th anniversary, so um, it'd be nice if we can kind of all get together and do something great. So that's yeah. kind of what I'm trying to work on now Right. With everybody. And it's crazy that you say 30 years. I mean, it just does it feel like 30 years? No. <laughs> no, no. Right, right. Yeah, I've seen some of his stuff on YouTube. He's a, you know, we, we hadn't seen each other in probably, uh, I don't know, a year, two years, and we just all of a sudden I throw the teeth in, he's got a wig on, and right. we're at a bar. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, all right, yeah. turn the camera on, and I literally turned that four hours of us screwing around into three YouTube skits, you know, just because we were just screwing around. You know, none of that was planned. We were just being right. stupid. Yeah. Um, but I love that. It's so fun to be with those kids and... And you realize now how, how great we had it. We're, you know, very thankful. Yeah. Now, a couple years ago, you know, the four of you got back together uh, for a little bit. Uh, how did that come about? Uh, well, you know, all these people are kind of reuniting. There's, the, you know, these 90s tours right. and all sorts of things like that. So we said, well, you know, at the very least, let's do some new music. I think we always kind of felt bad that we called the last album, the party's over, thanks for coming. But yeah. <laughs> we, thought it was, we, we thought it was funny, so we went with it. But, you know, now, later on, we kind of, we realized that we might have taken something away from a lot of people, you know, because it was, they tied our music to emotional memories of their lives. And it's just kind of like, and, you know, and honestly, we did too. We just didn't realize it then. So we got together and just, you know, we filmed it and, um, uh, and uh, documented it and uh, did probably 12 songs. So there's still unreleased music that hasn't been put out. Um, the problem that we have with it is that all of us live in separate places. Mm. So it becomes extremely hard to try to get something together. Right. You know, there's no time to get, how, how do you choreograph a show? Um, there's just a lot of hard puzzle pieces to put together to make it happen unless there was just a lot of money up front a lot of ways you know someone just waving money in the air to do it um, which you never know it could happen so but we do have the music and we do we do uh, we definitely could uh, step right back into our dancing shoes I can tell you that right yeah <laughs> none, of, none of us none of us have lost that and uh, in my opinion we all sound better than we did then um after being in the studio with those guys again, I mean, literally, we just picked up right where we left off, you know? Right. And, uh, so you never know, you know? So now it's just kind of like, you know, we'll never call it over. Yeah, well... Never, the party's never over, you know? Exactly, there you go. And, and how many times have, like, you know, the Rolling Stones or the Who had their fa farewell tours? They've had, like, 12 farewell tours, so... Exactly. And Motley Crue just did their final, their final tour or whatever. Exactly. Saying final, 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 final. 
and now the last one was like the, the RIP tour. Yeah, right. I'm curious to see if they come back again or something. Cause I teach his kids when I was in LA. I would teach uh, Nikki Six's kids. Oh, okay. And uh, I teach a lot. Of, I was in that area where we had a lot of uh, a lot of great, you know, celebrity clients and stuff. So it was a fun, fun time, fun ride. Yeah. But I'd like to do that again in the future, man. I'd definitely love to start a school again and and um, you know, kind of give back in that sense and maybe even manage and, and produce some upcoming talent. Right, that's that's great. I mean, you all, all your experience. I mean, you you've lived it, so you can just you know pass that knowledge on to students. That'd be awesome. It'd be easy for me to explain to a parent too. What, right. What the ride? What's the what the ride's like? If they you know, if they def, you know, you sure you want to do this? Not, yeah. Not that easy. Right. You you wouldn't BS them at all. <laughs> no, you gotta really love it. Right. You know, it's been good to me. Yeah. Now, um, if your daughter came to you and said, "I, I want, I want this life," what would you say to her? Uh, I would teach her more of the entrepreneurial side of it earlier. Like that's the kind of stuff I'm going to school for now. That you know, I, I definitely needed to uh, kind of dust the rust off on you know because there's just so much new technology and you know new ways to do stuff and you know just simple things like copywriting and you know management of your ips and you know investing and you know just simple things that you don't think about when you're just kind of going for it as a musician out there swinging you just don't think about the you know you people are just eating what they can to get by and living it out of your car because it's fun right but you know It'll catch up to you. So I definitely would want her to to know that side of it too, and to understand that you know, there's the talented, the most talented people never are the ones you know about, uh, which is something that you learn quickly when you're in the entertainment industry. You know, that's where that luck is involved. You know, and don't get me wrong, the people who I know and who you know and who we have in common, like the Britneys, which. You know, definitely deserve it. Definitely deserve it, and they're definitely on top of their game. But you know, there's people that go to church every day and sing, and you'll never hear them because they sit on the end of their bed and they're too scared to get on stage. Right. You know, there's always more talented people that you know might even live right next door. So you know, keep your keep humble and uh, keep always growing. And, you know. Yeah, exactly. I mean, before I let you go, I want to talk about. Your your solo career, um, love love the, the album came out. Moving on, I, I love that song. It's really good. Um, right then on. the one came out a couple of years ago. Um, I wonder how much like positive negative fee- feedback you got of um, I can't breathe. Uh, more positive than negative. Okay, that's good. I mean, it's it's a very powerful powerful song. I'm sure I turned a lot of people off. But, you know, I was like. And I watch it now. It's aggressive to watch now because the the tension's not so ramped up. But that you know, of course, now it is. After right. Literally two days two days ago. But if I would have watched that last week, I would have said, okay, maybe I needed a, a softer version of it. But the truth is, what what I've always said to people is like that video is not for the video, especially is not for anybody who doesn't understand. You know, either they understand it or they don't. And like that video is more for like my dad and people who. Don't go on the internet. Right. Don't go. Don't go searching for that stuff, because my beef was with the mainstream media, and just saying, you know, the mainstream media play the same clip of the car getting flipped, and burning, and making everybody making those people look bad. When the truth is, just around the corner, there might have been three or four hundred Baptists singing, church going, 
people holding hands and singing hymns, and it just incites more violence, you know what I mean? It was, of course. It was upsetting to me. So, like, I got three people together, and Rex is, you know, hardcore, he's, you know, studies Malcolm X, I love the guy, he's one of the best rappers that I know out here in Boston, so I know he's going to have a particular take on that that's, you know, even different from mine, because he has a perspective of being an African-American, you know, that I just don't have. And then, of course, um, Dutch Rebel, which is all hugely respected out here. She's Haitian. So I know her coming from another country, you know, her as, like, she's going to have a completely different perspective on it, too. So I really love how that came out, because I just let everybody, like, here, take a verse. Old school, just take a verse, we're going. Like, like we all in the same gang, kind of. <laughs> right, yeah, of course. <laughs> everybody take a verse and we're gonna let it roll and it came out so great you know i love the music but yeah definitely the video is is meant to make you feel some kind of way you know and if you get upset about it well then i did my job yeah it's a, I look at it. right if, you made, if it makes you uncomfortable then i did i do that's what it was supposed to do you know which that, that's not really entertaining in a way but that, that song was a protest song, so... No, of, of course, and, yeah, if, if you're, like, numb to it, then there's really a problem with you. And I, and I do have multiple cops and on my page, and I had multiple of, multiple messages come across my screen of, hey, that's unfair, I don't think that's cool, you know, and I explained myself, and we all came to a serious understanding of, like, you know what, and I said, hey, this isn't about you. Right. You're a good, you're, I didn't say there wasn't good cops and bad cops, you know, this is, you know, the bad ones make it, make it, all of you look bad, and just like, that just needs to be recognized, um, and I have some other friends that thanked me, some other uh, officers' friends that are like, you know, that's awesome, you know, love that, you know, they might not speak up publicly on their page about it, but, um, you know, no flat, man, and I got, you know, I got support from law enforcement and still am, uh, Feel as I'm a friend of the law enforcement community. You know? Right. Yeah. I support. I support. I support the good guys out there. Of course, we all do. Sure. Yeah. And the you know the title of the song is you know from uh, Eric Gardner, who um you know Staten Island uh, guy. You know, I'm from I'm from New York City, so I, I can relate. Uh, and it's the thing that's really sad though is how many more incidents you know incidents has there been since you released the song. Peace, love, and understanding. I mean, I was singing that 20 years ago. Right. We were singing it. That's a remake. So who yeah. knows what Elvis Costello was really singing that about? I should probably look that up because that's what he was singing it about back then. And we continue to remake that song. You know, I'm not the only artist who's remade that song. You know, hundreds have remade right. that song. Um, Midnight Oil. I mean, there's so many versions of that song. Um, but you know, everybody. Whenever, when usually when someone does it, they're talking about something different. I was talking about the Kuwaiti War back then. Um, you know, in our rap and peace, what does it all mean? We got to start living Dr. King's dream. All that was built out of our generation and our attitude to that song. But yeah, I mean, uh, someone posted it the other day. You know, literally two days ago, someone posted, "Hey, peace of understanding." Here we go again. Yeah, and it's I'm like, yep, yep. I know, and it's uh, yeah, like you said, it's it's more prevalent now than ever. <laughs> yeah. Maybe just more people have smartphones, so we all see it more. I don't know. You know, yeah, you're absolutely right. I mean, with social media, everyone's their own TV station now. Yeah, I mean, back in the 40s and stuff, there wasn't, you know, a bunch of people walking around with cell phones in there. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I don't know. It's, it's, it's crazy, but 
Hopefully we can all get it together. Yeah, totally. Jason, thanks for a few minutes today. I really appreciate it, and uh, keep up the good work. God bless, brother. Thank you so much, man.